0: Good evening, this is Ryan Underwood in the studio for Africa Christian Action with Salt and Light on Radio Tiberberg. Tonight we have a special guest, Dr. Philip Stott. Dr. Philip Stott is a creation scientist, engineer, author, and public speaker. Good evening, Dr. Stott. Good evening, Ryan. Thank you for being available for this radio program. I have had the privilege of hearing your lectures at the recent Great Commission course held right here in Cape Town, at the Reformation Society, at the Home Education Seminar held at Livingston House. I think our listeners would be interested to hear how you came to Christ. Will you please tell us your testimony?
1: Well, I used to be a campaigning atheist. Uh, One of the highlights of my university career was going to a student Christian meeting where there was a theologian and he spoke for about an hour and at the end he asked if there were any questions. I was immediately on my feet. I spoke for about five minutes and he was absolutely stunned. There was a silence for a long time and then he said, well I must admit you've made your point very well and I looked around and saw that all the students were on my side and I was very happy. He then abandoned half of what he'd said and tried to hang on to the other half and uh, didn't succeed very well and immediately I went to the bar and treated myself to a large beer, and I thought this was a great thing. Now, um, I was an atheist for many years after that, and um, a group of Christians started praying for me. I didn't know about it, but things started to happen in my life, and I didn't like it. I was being pushed from one powerful group of Christians to another and faced with the power of the gospel and I tried to avoid this and stay away from them but the Lord was pushing me and one day I met one of the people who was praying for me. I didn't know she'd been praying for me, she didn't tell me but she was obviously a Christian and she started witnessing and I tied her up in knots And she realised she hadn't got an answer. So she said, well, would you agree there must be a God or no God? And I said, well, yes, that's obvious. And she said, if there is a God, he could answer prayers. I said, well, he wouldn't be much of a God if he couldn't. So she said, why don't you put him to the test and pray to him and ask him to reveal to you the truth about Jesus Christ? And I thought, what a foolish woman this is. But I thought, well, it's an easy way to prove she's wrong. So I, in total unbelief, prayed, uh, God, if you exist, reveal to me the truth about Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, how long will I give him? Five minutes? Ten minutes? And uh, next time I saw this woman, I said to her, well, I put your test to the test, and I've proved your God doesn't exist. But not very long afterwards, I found myself in a place I didn't want to be, surrounded by people I didn't want to know. Now, it happened that most of those people were people who had been praying me for me for 18 months, and I didn't know it. I didn't know... And any any of these people, apart from the woman I'd talked about and uh, two other people. But I learned later they were all around me praying. And someone asked if I wanted to give my life to Jesus. And I felt very, very uncomfortable. My temperature seemed to be skyrocketing. Rocketing. I was in the fire and I was absolutely de- determined I was never going to uh, respond to this fellow I was never going to accept uh, Jesus Christ and then suddenly I was freezing cold and I was in a kind of vision I suppose I could see what appeared to be a black and white film and I was trudging down a dreary, dusty road in a grey, miserable desert and there was nothing but dust and I came to a bombed-out village. It was just complete wreckage and I saw a figure trying to hide in the rubble and I wanted to go and talk to him but he just ran away. And in this village, I could somehow see all the failures of my life in front of me. Well, I left this village and got onto the dusty, grey road leaning off to a cloud of dust in the distance and everything was dismal and grey. And suddenly I realised... I had just refused to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and God was showing me the truth about that. A life without Jesus Christ is a dismal road to dusty death. And I stood up and went to the chap who had invited me to give my life to Christ and asked him to pray for me. And my life changed drastically. (laughs) And suddenly the Bible became the most precious thing I I had. I couldn't keep away from it, and every time I opened it, it was as if the light was shining through from every page.
0: Fascinating, Dr. Stott. It's always great to hear how God convicts us of our sins, convicts us of our errors, and brings us to a knowledge of the truth and a saving faith in Christ. A second question that I have is this. How did you come to lecture on creation science?
1: Well, after I got converted, I was still full of all the old knowledge that I had, and I had studied lots of science. Um, I'd studied many different branches of science. And... um, I knew that evolution was true, I knew the Earth was millions of years old, I knew all about astronomy and its galaxies billions of light-years away. But as I read through the Bible, I found things that didn't agree with my knowledge and I started thinking, well, when it says this, it must mean that. And I thought I was doing something original, but I later discovered that's what all people like theistic evolutionists do. They know that science has got the answers. The wisdom of man knows what it's talking about. So they try and twist the wisdom of God to fit in with it. But eventually, I listened to a cassette tape from a... Uh, a creation scientist in Australia, a man called Barry Setterfield. And in this, he was talking about all the science that I knew, but from a very different perspective. And um, I thought, well, this is interesting. And then it came about that I was given the opportunity of spending a lot of time in Durban University Library. So I started looking up some of the things he was talking about looking in the scientific journals, looking at the research papers. And I found that wherever I looked, the papers would start off with the experiments, with the observations, with the, the findings. The rest of the paper... Would be squeezing the data so that it would fit into the theory of evolution or millions of years or whatever. But the raw data fitted perfectly with what the Bible said. And I found this in paper after paper, everywhere, all the observations, the data fits with what the Bible says. And it all has to be squeezed and pinched to get it into these stupid theories. And it wasn't long before I realised all these theories, they're totally wrong. I've been believing them for years but the data itself all agrees with the Bible. So I started giving lectures on real science instead of science shoehorned into evolution, etc. And, well... The the response was such that I got asked to go more and more places and I have never stopped.
0: Brilliant, sir. It has been inspiring to hear how you received invitations and opportunities to lecture on creation science at secular universities across the Russian Federation in the 1990s. After the fall of the Soviet Union, it was a time of unprecedented opportunities for the gospel to advance in Russia and throughout Eastern Europe. What kind of responses did you receive to your presentations in Russia?
1: Uh, Russia was amazingly open to what I had to say. The general impression I got was that everybody knew they had been lied to about economics. They all knew they'd been lied to about politics. And they wondered if they hadn't been lied to about other things as well. So they were very prepared to listen. Now, when I got invited to uh, the university, the person who'd invited me, would contact his friends in other departments and other universities and say, hey, we've got an overseas speaker. Do you want to come and hear what you've got to say? And so I would arrive there and give my lecture, which was almost always very, very well received. And immediately all these people who'd been invited would come and say, will you come and give a lecture at my university or my department? And so I had far more invitations than I could deal with. So I had to arrange to go back to Russia and this kept happening again and again. Everywhere I went, I got so many invitations that it was hard to keep up with them. I was sometimes going to six academic institutions in one day and then ending up at a church. And the, the response was amazing. I remember going to um, one or two universities where the uh, head of the university talked to me beforehand and he said, this is a purely secular institution. You may not mention God or the Bible or anything like that, so well, it's fine. I went ahead, and the first time this happened, I gave my lecture, and then at the end, I always throw it open to questions. But before I could throw it open to the questions, one of these um, one of the faculty stood up and he said, "But this means that the Bible's true after all." And I realized I didn't need to mention the Bible. The facts speak for themselves. Um, In my going around in the universities, I came across one, what one would call an underground pastor. And he had a church in a a city called Galutvin. His name was Arkady. And he realised that... um, Many of the people that I was speaking to were challenged and were ripe for the gospel. So he asked if he and some of his team could come with me when we went to universities. So I said, fine. And then afterwards, they were there to counsel people and there were always people wanting to be counseled and led to the Lord. And uh, one day, Arkady hired a cinema and advertised that I was giving a lecture. And at the end of the lecture, he stood up and said, well, I can see many of you are challenged by this. You've heard things you've never heard before. If you want to be counselled about this, if you want to know more and know more about God and his creation we've got a team here who will will talk to you. And not one person left the cinema before they'd been counselled by someone uh, leading them to the Lord. One of the most spectacular of the, um, the opportunities I had was in a city called Kolumna, which is known as the melting pot of Russia. It's the story that from Kolomna all the new ideas come and spread out to the rest of Russia. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I was given a book on Kolomna, Kolomna uh, Kotliov-Rusia, which means the melting pot of Russia. And at this university, I went to see the head And he had been a scientific uh, advisor in Zambia. And for about 10 years, he had been constantly speaking English because nobody in Zambia speaks Russian. And he'd become very good in English. His English was really good and he was very, very proud of it. And I got the impression that he was talking to me mainly to show off his English Well, he told me that he would organise that I would give a lecture to every department in the entire university. And uh, he sent me off with one of his minions to go to each department and arrange a lecture. And when I got to the English department, the head of English said, oh, we don't want a lecture, we want an opportunity for our students to speak English. So we don't want a lecture, we want a discussion group uh, on South African politics (laughs) so that the students can have some practice in speaking English. So I thought, well, Lord, I didn't come here to tell them about South African politics, but if that's what you want, I'm prepared to do it. So I started off on my journey around the whole university, giving lecture after lecture, And uh, one day I had uh, just given a lecture on evolution to the history department and the next stop was the English department. Now, the English department was the only place where I didn't need an interpreter. I had a brilliant interpreter, but since these uh, students were all English, I was going to lecture without any interpretation. But I thought, oh, well, It isn't even a lecture, it's just a discussion group. So we got there, I uh, opened the door and the head of department said, right, English class, get into your discussion groups. And just as they were moving into their discussion groups, the door opened and in came the head of the department. He hadn't been to any of the other departments He hadn't heard one of my lectures but he came into the English department I'm perfectly sure just to impress the English students with his good English. And so all bright and breezy breezy, he said well English class today you are very fortunate you're going to be able to listen to one of Professor Stott's world famous lectures and he stood there (laughs) And the students came together and I put my projector on the stand and started the the slideshow and he left immediately. He didn't stay and listen to it. But I was into the lecture and wasn't going to break for a discussion group. So I got to the end of my lecture on evolution and I looked around and said, are there any questions? There was dead silence. And I looked from one face to the other. They looked stunned and puzzled and I looked to the head of department. Now, she had previously been very brash, very uh, commanding, commandeering and she slowly walked towards me in a very sort of subdued manner and she said, well, thank you for your lecture. I said, but it looks as if nobody understood it. She said, oh, we all understood it, but you see, we're all atheists and you've just destroyed the foundation of our beliefs. Well, the highlight of this university was the last lecture, which was to the physics department, and I gave them a lecture on astronomy according to the Bible. And there was one thing strange about this final group. It was the only lecture I'd given where there were no members of staff there, not one professor, not one lecturer. And at the end, I threw it open to discussion and he was absolutely amazing. There was one of the postgraduate students and he stood up and he was obviously furious, and he was waving his fist, and he said, none of our lecturers, none of our professors came today because they know they teach us lies. But these walls have heard the truth, and they will repeat it back to generations of students in the future. I was absolutely amazed. Well, shortly after... I spoke at this university, the KGB threw me out of the country and um, they claimed they were going to send protocols to all the uh, border posts, all the consulates, with instructions that I was not to be allowed back into Russia. But I hadn't been very long back in South Africa when I got a message from Arkady to say that Columna was now so open to the gospel that he had moved his church from Galutvin to Columna and the harvest was really <laughs> ripe, ready
0: for harvest. Thank you, Dr. Stott. Thank you for that Excellent testimony about your experiences in Russia. Russia is a very important country in the sphere of Christian civilization. Russia was first converted by Prince Vladimir in the year 988, and it has a long history of fidelity to the gospel. Russia was taken over by communism in 1918, And the Christian church was severely persecuted for the rest of the 20th century, from 1918 until the 1980s when the Soviet Union collapsed. I would say that the revival of Russian Christianity today is best depicted in Christ the Savior Cathedral in Moscow. That church was built in the early 19th century, by the emperor in thanksgiving for God's deliverance of Russia from Napoleon. In the 1920s and 30s, the cathedral was demolished by the communists and was replaced with a swimming pool. Well, in the 1990s and early 2000s, the Russian Christians rebuilt that church two original specifications, and today it stands as a monument to the revival of Russian Christianity. It's glorious to see how a country which suffered so long under communism is ripe for the gospel to be planted in its midst. So we will continue to pray that the true gospel of Christ might be preached in Russia, and that the fruits of the Spirit will be clearly seen. As we close today, I have one last question. Where can we learn more about creation science? Do you have any resources that you might recommend?
1: Yes, well, COVID prevented me from going around uh, lecturing, and so I decided since I was at home and couldn't go anywhere, I would put my material on short 10-minute videos and put it on a YouTube channel. And there are now 54 of these videos. They look at all aspects of um, of creation. And it's called... Creation Science with Philip Stott YouTube channel. So I can uh I can recommend it if you want to know more, then you're very welcome to go and look at that channel. Now I also have um a web page, it is on Reformation Christian Ministries website and it is under um uh, Science and Scripture. That's the, the the page is called Science and Scripture, and most of it is um, is my uh, work, and the rest is the work of uh, Doctor John Bile, a a very good expositor of uh, the Scriptures and uh, a very fine scientist, and I can recommend that uh, if you really want to go in depth, that's a good place to go to.
0: Thank you, Dr. Stott. And how can listeners get in touch with you? Well,
1: I keep in touch with the people who watch my uh, channel because there are discussion groups and uh, uh, we get together around the channel. But if you want to speak to me about something else, then my telephone number is 082-253-4001.
0: Thank you again, Dr. Stott, for your time and encouraging words for your testimony and how you spread the truth of the gospel to uh, these foreign lands, fulfilling the Great Commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are so sorry that our limited time is over for this program, but with your permission, we'll be glad to have you back next week to go into m- more detail uh, about creation science and answer some questions that many people are asking. We encourage listeners to visit our website, www.frontlinemissionsa.org. Again, www.frontlinemissionsa.org to see videos of recent lectures by Dr. Stott and contact Christian Liberty Books to order copies of Dr. Stott's writings and DVD box sets. I want to thank all of the listeners this evening for your time and attention This ministry would not be possible without your support and encouragement and your prayers. We ask your continued prayers for us, and be sure that we are praying for you. Have a good evening, and God bless.